I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Sine. Hello. What is your OC experience? Oh, I was a second summer girl. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. See, it was a little bit before my time slash I wasn't watching this sort of, that sort of thing when I was... Little boy. Mm-hmm. Should I go back and watch it? I don't know if it holds up. Really? But we could try. I think I'd love it, though, probably. I think you'd be a second summer person, too. Mm. Also, this was the time sort of before ship names, so I don't think they had... Oh, really? Was it just second summer? second summer? Yeah, it was second summer or Ryan Marissa. <laughs> you weren't like Raissa. What would second summer be called? That's what I'm struggling with. Sethama. It's all right. That's wrong. <laughs> and he's called Seth in this show too, isn't he, Adam Brody? He is. Hmm. I like him. Maybe he's got a clause in his contract where he can only play Seths. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be a fun clause to have. <laughs> yes, it could be. Hello there. This is I Only Like You. And movies. And Sine's here. And I'm Lonnie. Wow. And how are you so doing, Sine? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How are you? And I'm good. And? So much. Oh, gosh, why... <laughs> what are we doing? It's been funny. Okay. Riffin, good people like when we're funny. Do they? I do. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, we watched an ep- a season, an episode of, actually all the episodes of, a television program called Fleischman is in Trouble. First of all, Sine, mm. do we like the title? No. What would you call it? Well, here's the thing, right? It's mm. based on a book. Oh, it's yeah. It's called Fleischman is in Trouble. He's never really in trouble. Mm. It's the wife that's in trouble. Mm. And maybe naming it that is furthering the themes of male versus female experience and it's making it all about him when it's nothing to do with him actually mm, it's, it's like breakdown. Mm-hmm. wow i think it's a bit like I'm... the first few episodes you're like oh man this guy's got so much going on his wife's a bitch she left the kids with him he's having trouble at work oh my god he's in trouble in his life and then as it goes on you're like oh actually he's a bit of a whiner maybe someone else has issues as well <laughs> it's possible yeah. It is. Okay, what's the show about tonight? So the show is sort of a... Oh, so there's Toby Fleischman, mm-hmm. played by Jesse Eisenberg, mm. and he's recently separated from his wife, Claire Danes, and they have kids together. And his ex-wife, Rachel, Claire Danes, disappears one day, doesn't turn up to do all the things she's supposed to do with the kids. And it's sort of Toby trying to figure out what's going on with the help of his two friends, um, Libby and Seth, Lizzie Kaplan and Adam Brody. Yes, and we're up in, in the uh, highfalutin New York society. Um, it's kind of about rich people and their neuroses. 
But I think it does then speak to something sort of core about a lot of the experience of, of getting older and being in the Middle Ages and having kids. <laughs> Middle Ages. Middle Ages. <laughs> of, of, of human life, not <laughs> medieval England. <laughs> History, yes. Um, and I think it's been very well received. It's, we, what, we were reviewing it a little bit after it first came out. Um, it was sort of coming out in December, November, December last year. Um, it, I think it was very, very well done, personally. Yeah. Um, very, very deep. Um, takes you on on a on a huge journey, and you know, a, a lot of a lot of um stories out there have been about divorces and sort of seeing things from two different sides. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of leaves it to to the end to do that, but I think it's very effective. The sort of wallops you over the head with some of that that sort of two perspective um storytelling it's kind of hard to talk really in depth about it without going into those later revelations so should we just go into that let's do it okay you go first (laughs) (laughs) okay well i had a note here you were talking about like divorce shows that this is one of the first well not first pieces of media I guess the first piece of video I saw that was pro-divorce or pro-separation was Mrs. Doubtfire, actually, that ending where they don't get back together but they mm. become great partners in raising their children together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually really liked those connotations in this show as well, that, like, just because things don't work out in the end doesn't mean it wasn't a successful relationship And at times. Um, I don't know, I just liked that different focus on it. And structurally, you're right. So we we jump around between perspectives, um, lots of flashbacks, lots of tiny little moments that we go back to and revisit, like a small fight, and then jump back to present day, which really made it feel very fresh and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and structurally, like it didn't take me where I thought it was going to take me. Like I I don't really know a lot about the things I watched before I watched them because I want to go in fresh. But um, I'd heard sort of you know, there's a guy and his wife goes missing. And I think in a lot of recent media, that sort of goes down the predictable route of, oh, the police think he's done it. And then he has to prove that he didn't do it by trying to figure out whether she's still alive or not. Mm. It's not, it's not that at all. It's not that at all. It's more interpersonal relationships and connections and how he feels abandoned by his wife who is going through, spoiler alert, a complete mental breakdown, um, midlife mm-hmm. crisis, a complete snap, and how apathetic he is toward that. Um, you sent me a really great article from The Guardian, which I will link, um, talking about Lizzie Kaplan said, you know, seeing a woman have a midlife crisis, like a quiet midlife crisis is really revolutionary Mm. to see on film yeah the show it doesn't really go where you think it's going to go no in in so many different ways and i didn't realize how naughty the first episode was going to be for me yeah it gets quite raunchy the first couple of episodes yeah and then i recommended to a friend my friend lisa we've mentioned before (laughs) and then i was like oh i forgot how naughty it was and i was like sorry about that i probably should have given you a little content warning going in but it does sort of level out and i think that actually speaks to something i want to talk to you about is the Mm. sort of unreliable narrator aspect Mm. to the storytelling so we should mention that lizzie kaplan is in the show as the best friend 
but also she's narrating the whole thing in a sort of omniscient way. Mm-hmm. And as this as the story goes on, she's a struggling writer, and as it ends, she sort of tells Toby, hey, I'm going to write a book. I've been wanting to write a book for ages, and the book's about your circumstances. And so that sort of recontextualizes everything we've seen before, as in, are we seeing what actually happened to Toby, or are we seeing mm-hmm. Lizzie's retelling of it, or Libby's retelling of it? Yeah. And has she, well, and has she taken things from her own life and her relationship with her husband, which is um, quite similar in some ways? And then she sort of compared and contrasted it onto her friends. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's certainly that final sequence, right? Like she tells him how the book's going to end. It's going to be raining and she's going to knock on your door and come home and that's how the show ends and it definitely, you know, makes you think, oh, maybe none of this did happen the way that we think it did. Maybe mm. that was all her projection, you know. Um, really clever way to use that device. Um, yeah, totally. And like, the thing is, like, she's a journalist in this. Mm-hmm. Like, she's a you know, an, creative nonfiction writer, and she's been listening to Toby's side of the story. And then she realizes in that sort of very emotional penultimate episode, oh wait, I haven't done the basic journalistic sort of integrity here of of going into looking at the other side of it or trying to get the other person's point of view. Um. Because you really are on his side for most of it. You're like, oh, my God, we're painting a very terrible portrait of this woman. All he wanted to do was love her and raise the kids with her and have a perfect life. And he's a doctor and she's got all these really annoying friends. You're like, oh, my God, she is so cold. You're on totally. And you're like, oh, my God, he's out there. He's on the apps. He's getting some finally. And then you sort of start to think more about it and you see her side of the story where she had no family of her own. She was never very comfortable in his life. And she had the opportunity and she had to work harder than anyone to get where she was in life. And she didn't want to give that up. Uh, I do want to talk about the sort of trauma she went through in, in birth as well, because that was mm. that was terrible um, and had a huge impact. I think he downplayed a lot. He didn't really fully understand it. And then, like, you see her, she comes home and from his perspective, he's like cooking, doing all the things for the kids and he's and all she wants to do is like not talk to him and and focus on her career but then she comes home and from her perspective he's at her from the moment she walks in yeah you know and and she's like in her life in her person in her work life she's very successful people like her getting on well but at home all she does is have him argue and beg her for a divorce towards the end um i, I found that very very fascinating and more to the point like is this um libby just thinking about what they're doing is it her sort of fantasy about what she wants to do or what she's gone through? Like, is does she want to leave the kids one day and just never come home? Is she putting this all on her husband? Or or does she see herself as the Toby who's being misunderstood? Yeah, well, you know, it's certainly alluded to that she has feelings for Toby. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's that night where she decides to not go home to her family and instead stay with him. Nothing happens sexually, but there's a line being crossed there, a boundary being pushed about their relationship. I think it's interesting. I think the I think it's the second last episode mm. where we start to pick the piece, put the pieces together about her breakdown and exactly what happened and when Libby finally finds her. Um, it's just such a heartbreaking sequence, you know, 
when Libby finally realized that she's been completely wrong this whole time and and the heartbreaking thing is he goes you know the final episode she goes to tell Toby what's happened hey I found your wife this is amazing she's really struggling she needs help you need to come help her um and he can't even extend any compassion to her toward no that was interesting that was so shocking and that is not how shows normally go no, it's not how no. We're, we're we're programmed to accept he would come back and be the like the sort of knight in shining armor to save her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want any of it. He says, "This is only I don't even I don't care. She's not here. I don't care what she's doing. She's abandoning the kids. She's not here." Yeah, and she's like, "No, she had a nervous breakdown. She can't be here. He's not hearing it." Mm-hmm. And he's a doctor. Like, he should have care and compassion for everybody. Well, that's what I was going to say. The show really does a nice mirroring device with that and shows how compassionate and conscientious he is in his work, right, mm-hmm. really caring for all these patients. But he can't extend that same compassion to his ex-wife. Mm. Ugh, it's just heartbreaking. And looking back, the saddest episode is when we see the flashbacks to them getting together yeah. because they were happy at one point, but they just had some some huge cracks emerge in their relationship that they could not mend and could not get over. There's really interesting discussion about class. I mean, you mentioned before about mm. sort of the New York elite society you live on the upper west or east side, can't remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I liked the recurring motif where, you know, she introduces him to all these highfalutin friends and he says he's a doctor and their response is, good for you. Yeah. Good for you being a doctor. <laughs> Whereas from, you know, our perspective, that's amazing that you've done all this training and you can save people's lives and yeah. it's something to be really revered and respected. Um, and I think that that class difference wedged itself in between them in their relationship and, and they couldn't move past it. Like they couldn't ever, they had totally different values out of life that they wanted mm. and totally different goals and just didn't, didn't, mesh well together yeah they they couldn't align themselves even though no they they were in love and had some good moments mm. yeah that they've i don't know if you're in other articles i can try and find them for you about the sort of fleischman effect all these um rich women in new york especially watching the show and trying to take stock of their own life and mm. seeing themselves in rachel being like I'm doing everything I can to get ahead, but I, I'm still not earning enough money, even though they're earning millions of dollars, you know, that sort of thing. Um, mm. And how they're so conditioned by the, the class of the, that they live in that they need their kids to be in the best school. They're putting their kids on um, waiting lists when they're not even born yet, you know, just the, the huge pressure to keep up and up and up. And that's the whole thing about you know, American society and it's not too dissimilar down here, given we're also in the capitalist sort of society about it's all about growth it's all about making more and more money never being satisfied with where you are yeah yeah um you're right like they could have had a very happy life together but for whatever reason they they became a separate and apart well people carry baggage into relationships right and the baggage that they brought into this maybe wasn't as clear to them when they first got together but it started to reveal itself throughout the course of their relationship mm. Um, yeah, and there's some real um, double standards going on, which I think the show mm. um, exemplifies pretty well. So mm. it's like kind of it's fun when he's off there with all these multiple sexual partners mm. um, post-divorce, 
but then she's dating some dating someone of like a former friend of theirs, and that's not on. He can't handle that, can he? Yeah. Meanwhile, he's got a million a people. Different. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's a little bit different because there's a personal relationship, oh, and yeah. there were hints in the relationship that she had a thing for this guy. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what you thought about the um how they use the dating apps sort of superimposed on screen. I really enjoyed how they mm. did that with the messages and they'd have some cool transitions, like almost screen wipe style where he'd walk and the message would follow him or something. Um, especially those first two episodes that are very raunchy because he's speaking with these women on dating yeah. sites. And, it's probably uh, worth mentioning that the pilot mm. is the pilot. first episode is directed by Valerie Farris and Jonathan Dayton, um, very good directors. Of Little Miss Sunshine, Ruby Sparks, Fame, mm. um, and they they direct a couple episodes, so the the really nice visual style, yeah, very beautiful. Sure. Sure. A lot of um, yeah, upside down shots of of disorienting shots of New York. Yes, which I saw the book recently in Dimmicks when I was trying to kill some time, and that's actually the cover of the novel. So mm. I kind of liked that they cool. were paying homage to that. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, and the sort of recurring theme like we're in summer in new york and it's really hot and it's set during the primary of the 2016 election so yeah yeah you had a some yeah, sexual politics and gender politics that very much apply there as well right on the cusp of change as well and mm. obviously there's the allegory you know his life is turned upside down obviously yeah totally. um but yeah it's an interesting point i to go back to what you said about her traumatic birth experience mm. um horrible horrific horrendous i have a lot of the youtubers that i watch and have watched for a long time have gotten to the age where they've started having children and i remember the samantha ravendor talking about how when you're pregnant all that other people see you as especially doctors is a vessel for this thing that you're growing mm -hmm. and so you're expected to put up with all of these side effects pains problems because it's all going, all going to be worth it in the end, right? You're going to have your baby, so who cares? Mm -hmm. um, so so you're, you're secondary to everything your, else. Your needs are completely secondary because mm. you're only you're a human incubator. That's all you're you're good for at this point. And I feel like the trauma that happens in this show. We'll put a content warning at the beginning of this. You know, the idea is she's in labor and she's not progressing, and so the male male doctor, who's not her usual doctor gives her a pelvic exam and breaks the membrane of her waters to induce the labor without telling her, um, which such a violation and absolute disgusting, mm -hmm. horrific thing. And as it happened because of circumstances, Toby wasn't in the room, so he wasn't able to advocate for her. And, but you're right. He doesn't seem to appreciate how much of a, an assault that is. It's it's no. it's sexual assaults, you know. He put his hands inside of her without her consent, without telling her what he was doing and did something to her body that she did not want to happen. No, and Toby, the doctor, kind of sees it more of just like regular postpartum depression. She's like, just go to a few meetings yeah. and here's a flyer. And also and he's like, let's focus on the baby now. Like that's the main thing. Totally discredits her. Yeah, of course it affects her bonding with the baby. You know, mm -hmm. she had the most horrible introduction to bonding with it in the first place, you know. Yeah, and so, like, in his, from his perspective, the fact that she doesn't want to hold the baby is just another example of her being cold and yes. a, a bitch or whatever. But to her, it's, yeah, the total opposite. She's just been assaulted mm -hmm. and no one cares. 
Yeah. 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 Heartbreaking. No, I thought that was very well done. It was very hard to watch, though. But I think they handled it quite well. I think so, too. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, so Lizzie Kaplan, I've always liked her, but I thought she was a revelation in this show. I have a note. Lizzie Kaplan should be in more things. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I, I thought today, her, this this is not her bad performance. I thought her mm. style, like her clothing and everything was really cool. <laughs> every, 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 I thought, oh, God, I could snake with that. I was thinking. Oh, <laughs> she, that's nice. Cool shirts and stuff. Um, I'm saying you look like a, a middle-aged mum. That's what I'm saying, Sine. Thank you. A I'll cool mum. In that context. Oh, good. That's nice then. Yeah. Um, no, she's funny that you're mentioning that in which is a reference to Mean Girls, which she was in, obviously, as Janice. Um, she's so wonderful, and I can't believe it's taken this long for her to get a real lead, meaty role like this. Like, she has such a presence on screen. She's funny and able to handle those comedic moments with a bit of sass, but mm-hmm. also really has the dramatic chops and... Yeah, I mean, so heartfelt. Show, yeah, everyone in the show is incredible. Like, it's lovely to see Claire Danes again things and Jesse mm-hmm. as well. Always fun to see Adam Brody. Like, a movie is never harmed by the addition of Adam oh, Brody. I don't think. And that, what, that one night where they're going, like, out because he's, like, yeah. young and rich and, and goes on that wild benders sort of thing because he's, like, working in high finance and Jesse Eisenberg's character tags along. And it's like the most amazing night, the craziest thing he's ever seen. And he's like, yeah, that's just a cheese day for me. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's great, but Lizzie is just, and yeah, you're right. She's got this really troubling relationship at home with her partner where mm. she doesn't want to be in that relationship any. Well, I think she needs to be in a relationship. The husband does not want to be in a relationship the way that it is currently. Um, yeah, I guess she's not fully there is the problem. Yeah. And, and he settled into middle-aged suburban life and she's still sort of longing for her youth still yeah that's that's tough they can't that's hard to uh, reconcile that yeah i think for me i watched this around i think i finished this around the time of my 31st birthday which i am really struggling with my age at the minute similar to you know libby you feel like you would be in a different place by this time and everything's changing and there's that sequence the final episode of the show and now sequence which I've been calling it where you know it's like this is the youngest you'll ever be right now and now mm-hmm. and now 
I was an absolute mess throughout that. <laughs> I, I was just bawling, sobbing, crying, lying in the fetal position. That was just so, oh, it was such a real moment of change and reflection and genuine emotion that it made me feel. I just, not every piece of media can do that. And, mm. and this did. And, but wow, what a way to finish the series off. The days are long, the years are short, aren't eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I, I found this, it wasn't a hard watch, but I couldn't binge it really. I had to watch them because mm. they were quite complex and, you know, a lot of stuff happening. It wasn't like a, a real easy watch. You could, I just could knock out over an afternoon. But I got towards the end, I had to keep watching. I think I watched the last two in a row. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I episodes two from memory. Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, long adult drama. It's a bit different than a, you know, half hour sitcom you could watch a lot of. Yes. Um, yeah, also shouldn't gloss over the fact that Claire Danes is pretty amazing. Would be a the thankful, thankless role in a lot of ways. She's got yeah. to be an absolute bitch, you know, for a long time. And then she's got to do a breakdown. She, did you feel yeah. her screams today when she screams in the oh, health spa? Yeah. That was yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you picked up something that I didn't pick up at mm-hmm. that hotel about the t shirt. Yeah. So. There's a bit of a bit of an online sleuth community, <laughs> the Fleischman fandom. Um, but if you look at how she operates after he after her boyfriend leaves her at the day spa, because I guess she's getting too much for him for the fun fling he was hoping for. But from shot to shot, her shirt changes, which is indicating perhaps the the mental um, breakdown that is that is starting to occur for her. Also potentially the um. The fact that she's in a story, you know, to what extent mm. is, is perhaps un, unclear, but she's in a story being told by Libby. Now, in terms of that, Sine, I, I don't want to get too into the weeds of this because I don't think it hugely matters, but some people go have gone straight to the extreme that, that the Fleischmanns are totally made up and that Libby did really write a story out of nothing. Mm. What do you think of that? Can I give you some evidence? Yeah, okay. I think the evidence maybe suggests that Libby is taking inspiration from her own life, to be honest, but I think you could maybe mm-hmm. you maybe draw the argument that she's sort of created everything in this world. It's all her story. Um, so at the at various parties, as you mentioned, they're saying, oh, good for you for being a doctor, and they ask um, Toby how the doctor business is going, healthcare business, and he's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. people are still getting sick. And then there's a... A little while later at her own party with Libby with her husband and he's a lawyer and someone asks him how it's going and he says oh you know people are still getting sued mm. so that's been inspiration and there's a big thing in the sort of middle episodes where uh old mate Toby wants to go to the Vanta Black uh, exhibition which is like the, yes. the deepest ever black yeah. and then at a party later on like a yard party um Libby's husband, played by Josh Radner, by the way, who is a real edge to him. I hadn't seen him before. You know, he's like, how much your mother? He's the main guy in how much your mother? Okay. Yeah. Kind of a, you know, normalish dude in that. But yeah, real intensity in some parts. Anyway, he's talking about that exhibition himself to other friends. So like, has he, mm. has, has either she's like created a new persona for themselves or she's maybe, 
you know, she does say that she hasn't seen Toby in over 10 years. Maybe she's just like thinking about what he's been up to since their last time they saw each other and she's taking yeah. elements from her husband and putting it on them. There is a bit where she comes home finally to see her husband. She crawls into bed and gives him a cuddle and she's like, I'm back now. I'm sorry. And he says something like, yeah, you leave, but you always come back. So maybe she's done a similar thing to what Rachel is shown to have done in this series as well. Maybe she just ups and leaves at times. I don't know. I mean, it's very compelling. I hadn't thought about it that way before, mm. but that's some very strong evidence to suggest that. And they both got two kids, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the most compelling argument is that they are friends. This weird things happened to her buddy. His wife left him and stuff, and I think we sort of it sort of plays out how we how we see it where she takes his side of the story and then she finds out there's more to it, and then she writes a book about that because she's been struggling to find something compelling to write about, but then she also reflects on her own life and puts elements of that in there because all writers do that. Mm, for sure. Yeah, and there's probably more to it as well. More things you could find. But ultimately, I think it doesn't really matter, to be, to be honest. I think that's just maybe more of a, a storytelling sort of perspective. You could look into it more. Yeah, like it's a really compelling show and one that I'd sort of put off for a while, I think, because of what you were saying, adult dramas are hard to get into sometimes or hard to psychologically find the time for them, I guess, which I know that sounds kind of odd, but you have to be in a certain mood to watch a, a series like this. And um, Well, it's like you've... Uh, I had yeah. a long day at work. You're like, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch something fun or am I going to watch something that might challenge me and mm. it's going to be tough and the, the ultimate point is that no one's ever happy and relationships suck. Like you have, <laughs> you don't always want to watch that sort of thing, do you? Yeah, it's a heavy thing. Mm. Sure. But very well done. I was, I'm very glad I watched it. Okay. We haven't mentioned Jesse Eisenberg yet, so but he was pretty good, wasn't he? He's good. I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff recently. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, Social Network was his big breakthrough, but, um, you know, I don't know. It's kind of nice to see him doing this again. He's playing quite an interestingly similar character in some ways of someone mm -hmm. who's quite highly intelligent and doesn't really understand human connection, you know, mm. um, which is quite interesting. But, yeah, I, I he was really great in it. He was really, really great in it. Yeah, you're, you're kind of on his side from the beginning, given that it's his story and he's the one who's lumped with everything. But he becomes a bit of a villain towards the end, and the whole idea is obviously people are complex and things going on. But, yeah, I I, I turned on him, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's such a complex show with such complex characters and a complex relationship between mm. all of them and how they all interact. Oh, that really, was another. Like, sorry, that was another yeah. thing that they that potentially points to the fact that it's it's all a story that she's telling or mm. writing. It was the fact that this guy, fairly normal looking dude, is a, a huge hit on the dating apps. Is potentially yes. Livy, who dated way before that and mm. has no personal experience on it. She's sort of imagining what it'd be like to be on there. Um, mm. like, there, there are those moments from Seth though where he says like newly divorced guys who are dads seem to do well on those apps for whatever reason because he's obviously yeah he's a, apps. he's a doctor i guess and he's not ugly but also he's not yeah the best looking dude he's not a it's handsome not adam brody 
It's not Adam Brody. Oh, hello. <laughs> what do you think about Adam Brody's character who sees his friends, one's gone through a horrible divorce, the other one is really unhappy in her life, yet he still decides to go down the marriage path himself? Yeah. It's nice. I mean, I think it's framed in the show of sort of a coming of age and, mm. you know, a boy's grown up sort of thing and he seems genuinely happy. Um, I think that just speaks to the fact that there's no one, one right way to have a relationship and there's no one end goal for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Certain things work out better for certain people. For him, having that relationship is what he really wanted. For um, Toby and Rachel, maybe that what works for them is not, being in a relationship together, you know. Yeah, well, there's a bit, and it's just in Toby's memory, so, you know, it's a bit unreliable. Mm. But after they've decided to get divorced, yet they're sort of happy as co-parents, and she says, well, we could have another one. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? (laughs) It's (laughs) clear evidence we shouldn't have any more children. But kind of maybe, yeah, she was, whatever reason, it was working for her in that moment. It's a classic case of of two people not being able to communicate with each other because they're speaking entirely different languages, Mm -hmm. Um, which is always a really fascinating way to show interpersonal conflict. You know, you can completely see each perspective of it, but you can also see how they Mm. just don't quite fit together. Yeah, and I think this show sort of speaks something missing in a few different things. Um, In their relationship, but also his relationship with with his buddies, where it's like the thing that you love about someone can also be the thing that you grow to hate. And yes. especially with, with Adam Brody, he was like, he's the, the party animal that never settles mm-hmm. down, which they kind of like about him because he makes them feel young and mm-hmm. that they, they sort of live vicariously through him. But also gets to the point where he's like, you guys don't take me seriously. You think I'm just a, a frat boy still. Yeah. And they kind of have to be like, yeah, we, we don't take you seriously. And they have that yeah. sort of horrible fight. It, it's sometimes worse having when friends fight you know, because you have sort of have yeah. less to go on because like when you fight with a partner, like you're still, you know, together, you're married or you have kids or whatever, but with friends, it can end after, after the one fight yeah. and then, but then they just sort of, and they don't even resolve the fight really. They just come back to each other and say sorry the next day, which is also kind of sweet. Yeah. Well, it's tough because there's this, this trio that have, you know, come back together and fallen apart many times over the years. Mm. And I don't know, I've watched a lot of shows recently about adult friendships and that connection that they seem to have um, and how often it's more important than having a romantic partner. And I think for all, well, for Seth's character, I think, you know, I think for sure, like he just wants to go to sleep with that night and doesn't really care. But yeah, and it's interesting, like, what each of them are getting out of their friendship as well. Mm. You know, like you said that um, Libby's kind of getting that to live vicariously through Seth. Yeah, she is, but she's also hanging around with Toby, who she's always had a crush on and always felt a really deep connection to. And yeah, her husband knows that, doesn't he? Yeah, and the husband picks up on that. husband's like, you got two kids, you've got me, you've got a perfect life in the suburbs. At the moment, you don't have to work because I'm a huge lawyer and stuff and you can do whatever you want. Yet you're worried about Toby. You just want to go hang out with him all the time. But it's, you know, people's psychology is mm-hmm. hard to get a read on sometimes. And even if she does have the quote-unquote perfect life or what her husband thinks is the perfect life, mm. maybe it's not the life that she wanted. Absolutely. Maybe it's not. Maybe she never did. Maybe she's decided now she doesn't want it. And Well, I think that that's something the show is quite good at um, 
demonstrating and dramatizing is the fact that sometimes life sort of just happens to you and you're not in charge of it. Yeah. She's like, looks up one day and she's in the suburb. She's got two kids and she's yeah. like, what? What? I thought I was just a young person living in New York. What How happened? I get here? And exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which I think to me is the most compelling part of the show and that's the thing that they end on in the final episode, you know. Mm. Um, Even Toby's like that. I think he had this yeah. sort of idea like, I'll go be a doctor. I'll help people. I'll be well respected. Yes. I'll have a wife. I'll do the virtuous thing uh-huh. as well. I'll have two kids who love me and I'll have a wife who sort of does what I want. I don't know if he'd admit that to himself, but I think that's kind of what he wanted, wasn't he? He wanted a subservient wife. I think so. And then he's like, oh, what? I'm divorced? And like, like I'm enjoying some parts of it, the, the sexual side of it, but then mm-hmm. also not at all. Suddenly I'm the caregiver to everyone. Yeah, well, he's missing human connection, I guess, is the issue. He's missing a few things, I think, <laughs> yes. in his makeup, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but yeah, and I think that's, it's kind of a sad thing and it kind of makes me feel mad. I'm, I'm sympathising for rich people in New York, but I think also the, the, the show hammers home that it's really hard to be happy. This guy is a very well-paid doctor, He's and he's, but he still can't get the promotion and he's still mad about that, you know, and the same with Rachel. She was never, never happy enough with how she's going, even though she'd sort of discovered the new Hamilton musical and was mm-hmm. kind of in charge of that. She still wasn't happy. And so I think, you know, I would, I would take that to think everyone has trouble being unhappy, even the people who should be, you'd think so, with, with their, their rich and rich lives and whatever, but still. All right, what are you going to rate this one? I'm going to give it five stars out of five now. Wow. Perfect show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it four, I think. I think it did everything really well. Um, I'm not even sure I can articulate why I'm taking the star off. I think I just, it just, it just didn't, there's a little bit that I didn't quite, get at the end is it because it made you sad about your own life maybe no i don't i don't think so to be (laughs) honest i think i don't know i just it was really well done Mm -hmm. um and really well acted i just felt a bit distant to it perhaps in the beginning um and it took me a while to become connected to it as a story i think which, again, is probably my problem and not the show's problem at all. But anyway, four stars. Four stars. Okay, that's fair enough, I suppose. Um, Christian Slater's good, by the way. Just as a person or...? In, in the context of watching this show and reviewing the show particularly, but also he's probably fine in person. I haven't met him, but he's fine. I don't know. Um, I thought that was good. She's got this hero that she loves as a writer and then she meets him a few times and he's an absolute dick, but she still likes his writing. She sort of can't, yeah. can't, can't stop liking him. It's interesting, isn't it? It's like that um, at the end of Fault in Our Stars. Mm. Yeah, she wants totally. to go and meet what's his name and realises he's not anything that she thought he would be. Yeah. Mm. Okay, then. That's one of the best shows of our podcast this year so far. It's probably going to rate highly on our end of year list, I dare say. Mm -hmm. I think Libby will anyway. Lizzie Kaplan will probably be up there. Yes, for sure. Um, Anything else we've done recently you want to recommend to the listeners today in the back catalogue? Let's have a look. 
you want a real change of pace, Wednesday we recorded a few, came out a few weeks ago. Yeah, different end of the spectrum, that one. Complete different end of the spectrum, but uh, I don't know, you might like it. If you want to see some more stuff about rich people, I guess Triangle of Sadness we reviewed recently, mm. uh, the menu. I will never not bring it up because I think it's exceptional. Um, In general, we're doing the whole Oscars season if you yes. want to get into that. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Follow us on, on Twitter. I find Twitter's getting real worse than eh? What do you reckon? I tried to bookmark a tweet literally mm. last night and it's like, oh, something re- went wrong. Let's try again. Try it again. Oh, something went wrong. What do you mean? It's a button. It's a button that I press. It should just work. Right. And it should just work. My, my feed is just full of random shit. Just totally wrong. Why advertisers in the replies to every tweet? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't want really... a sunset lamp. I never want a sunset lamp. <laughs> okay. Ever. Okay. Stop trying to make me buy All right, I'll stop. I'll stop the order. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for listening. We might be on Twitter still. Maybe not. Otherwise, we're in your podcast feed. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.